Netflix and Nickelodeon join forces, Amazon's new grocery store, and an exciting interview with Miss Arizona Jacqueline Thomas. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Welcome back to Working Girl Talk. So excited to have you join me today. It's been a pretty relaxing week over here. I've already started on the Christmas train. I've been watching those little Hallmark Christmas movies and it's been pretty festive over here. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to remind you, you know it's coming, to click on that link in bio in the Working Girl Talk Instagram to vote for Working Girl Talk as best podcast in Arizona. Working Girl Talk is a national, international show. It's for everyone, but it's been such an honor to be recognized in my home state of Arizona. And it's been amazing and so I just can't even describe how it's been to watch you guys voting. So thank you so much. Don't forget to vote. You can vote till the end of the month, twice a day. And don't worry, there's only two weeks left of this month, a little over two weeks. And then you don't have to worry about me talking about this so much anymore. So cast your votes and click the link in bio on the Working Girl Talk Instagram. Thank you so much for voting so far. So now let's get into this week's stories that you need to know about before we dive into my interview with Miss Arizona. First up, if you didn't see this week, Disney Plus was launched and I have never been more tempted to purchase something in my life. The throwbacks to all the Disney Channel original movies is killing me. We'll see if I break down and do it. Probably will. We'll see. It's just like, what, $7? I don't know. So very tempting. But according to TechCrunch, with all of this going on, Netflix announced this week that they will be partnering with Nickelodeon, you know, Nickelodeon, the kids entertainment network to produce original content, including films and TV shows for Netflix's streaming service. They've entered into a new multi-year output deal that will produce animated feature films and shows that will include both Nickelodeon's well-known library of characters, as well as all new property and shows as well. Like I said, this news comes just days after Disney Plus launches, which maybe is a smart thing on Netflix's part because according to TechCrunch, one report from market research firm Audience Project claims that 33% of US consumers who are planning to sign up for Disney Plus are considering canceling their Netflix subscriptions at the same time. Yikes for Netflix. But my question, is Nickelodeon enough to get people to stay? I love some Spongebob, you know, but all the other shows from my childhood, I don't really have an interest in watching again. Hear me out just for one sec. Think about it. We had Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Real Monsters, Angry Beavers, Invader Zim. Like they're all kind of weird. And I personally don't have really an interest in watching those again, just because they're a little strange. But those Disney ones are so nostalgic for me. Like they're just, it's different. I don't know why, but So I do have an interest in watching those again, but at the same time, like I said, I'm not sure if they would bring actual shows back, like those catalogs of those old shows back, because it just says um, that they'll be producing animated feature films and shows, including the well-known characters. So I don't know if they'll just bring new characters into new films or if they'd actually put in the old shows. So still the jury's out on that one, but it's an interesting move and hopefully helpful for Netflix because I can see some major struggles happening in their future with them losing 
obviously like we have Disney Plus coming in, but they're also losing a lot of other shows like The Office and Friends that are really popular on the platform. So they're going to have to step up their game a little because Disney Plus and all these streamers in this streaming war is that no one's messing around here. So we'll see on that. Next story, Amazon will be opening a new full-size grocery store in a neighborhood of Los Angeles, and it won't be under the Whole Foods brand, according to The Verge. Job listings are already up and they describe the store, which will be in Woodland Hills, California, as Amazon's first grocery store, quote unquote. Amazon told CNET that their store won't use the company's cashierless checkout technology from the Amazon Go stores, which are already in effect right now. So this grocery chain will have new Amazon branding. It will not be a part of those Amazon Go stores. The Wall Street Journal first reported on this new chain of Amazon grocery stores back in March. I think we've talked about it before. And the report said that the new chain would offer a different variety of products at a lower price point than Whole Foods. So this is just Amazon's way of combating maybe like the customer or touching those customers that aren't the Whole Foods demographic for the demographic that is focused on like organic and things that are super healthy maybe um, and more expensive. So this is just from my opinion, their way of touching in more demographics. Because this, to me, if it's going to have a different variety of products and lower price points, almost like to be a competitor of a Walmart or something like that. In short here, Amazon is just taking over. (laughs) That's what we can learn from this. But we'll see. Maybe their grocery stores will be good because online Amazon makes things super convenient. So maybe this grocery store thing will really catch on. And last but not least, it would not be a Working Girl Talk episode if I did not mention this, but this is the week. The week that Instagram will start hiding likes, apparently. They've announced that they will be expanding their test, which we already know we've talked about this. They've been testing out the no like, not being able to see likes in other countries. So they've been doing this in several countries, but now they're expanding it into the US. From what I've read, it's still in test mode. So if you're still seeing your like light counts, that's totally normal or light counts on other people's pictures. That's normal. Still a part of the test as of right now. Um, but this means that the test is going well. I can only assume I was against this at first and I feel like there's still pros and cons to both sides, but with engagement being so low lately, I'm kind of like, bring it on. (laughs) Have no one see my likes. (laughs) So personally, I come to Instagram for inspiration, connection, and to just keep up with people that I'm interested in and fascinated about their life. I'm all about value and getting value and giving value on the platform. So it shouldn't be that big of a deal because likes are a vanity metric. Like what does a like really mean? All that sort of stuff. So and you'll still be able to see your own data on the back end. I was thinking about this earlier that you go to websites you like and consume content that you like without knowing who else is going to that website. Like you can't see their Google Analytics, only they can, but you still like it because you like the content. So maybe that's what Instagram will kind of be turning into then. Like you go check out someone's page or you like their content or you comment on it because you just like it and not more of like that mindset of, oh, everyone liking this content, which... I'm curious how impactful that is right now anyway. Like if that's just subconsciously a thing we do, like if we see that a photo has more likes, we'll like it just because of that. I'm not sure. So 
but I feel like that's like, at least for me, that's helped my mindset kind of be about it. Like, oh, okay. Well, and hopefully in like the creator sense that this will push people to take more risk, make, create and beautiful inspirational content. Um, because there are those things like, oh, like if you post a picture with your face in it, you'll get however many times more likes. So I think something like this will help people be more creative, hopefully, and post what they want to post and, um, maybe take those creative risks there. We'll see how it turns out. And I'm assuming this will just get rolled out fully to everyone eventually. So we'll see. I mean, I think it just makes it a different platform than it was. And there's other platforms coming up on the horizon. So if people don't like it, there's more platforms coming up. Not exactly like Instagram, but there's some. So like TikTok, you know, I'm always talking about TikTok over here. So we'll see how this goes for them. If you are in the test mode right now, let me know because I'm super curious. And now for the main part of this episode, I'm so excited. I recently sat down with Miss Arizona, Jacqueline Thomas. We discussed Jacqueline's path to Miss Arizona in this episode, which has not been easy. How to withstand and persist through hardships and trials, how to build confidence, and so much more. Along with her busy schedule as Miss Arizona, Jacqueline is the founder of Lady Leaders, which helps empower women to stand up for what's right through a variety of events and panel discussions. Jacqueline is a girl that works and is perfect for working girl talk. We cannot wait to cheer her on at the Miss America pageant on NBC next month. Please welcome Miss Arizona, Jacqueline Thomas. I'm so excited to have Jacqueline Thomas on the show today. Welcome, Jacqueline, who is Miss Arizona. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Okay, so I want to start at the beginning. So did you always like want to be Miss Arizona or like even in the pageant circuit at all? Or how did that come about and what led up to this? And like we can go like all the way back and I know this will <laughs> kind of go in a lot of different ways. No worries. Okay. So, no, to answer your question, I didn't really know that I could be a part of the Miss America organization when I was a young, like, elementary student and a teenager. I'd always grown up watching the Miss America competition on TV with my mom, and I always admired the women and their inspiration, their courage, their passion to share what they wanted to contribute to make the world a better place. And I... I didn't really compete in pageants or anything in junior high and high school, but then when I graduated from high school, I came across a girl that I went to junior high with, and she won Miss Arizona 2013. And I was just like, oh, her life's not that much different than mine. There's no reason why I couldn't do that, because you had to have a talent, and you had to be in school pursuing a degree or some sort of a certificate and have like academic and career aspirations. So I thought hey, why not try it? And I messaged her and she put me in contact with a local director that she had worked with because every Miss America gets her start on a local stage. And there are three stages in the Miss America competition. Local, so like your city. I won Miss Arizona with the title of Miss North Phoenix. And then all the states compete for Miss America. After I contacted the local director, they were short on girls um, because you have to have a certain number of candidates competing in order to give away a title. I think it's four girl per one title. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I said, yes, I wore an old piano recital dress. I played 
um, a classical piano piece that I just had already in my repertoire because I've been playing the piano since I was four years old. And I won on my first try, that first local. That's awesome. Okay, I'm guessing the step from that to Miss Arizona, there's some stuff with you. Right. <laughs> yes. So that was the initial start. Mm-hmm. And I competed for Miss Arizona. So that year was my freshman year of college. And again, I had no idea what I had gotten myself into, but I loved the program. I love being able to interact and meet with different people in the community and pursue and promote, promote my, then it was called Platform, now it's called Social Impact Initiative. And just like the ways that I prepared great women for the world. So I caught the bug. That was seven years ago this year. And I competed for Miss Arizona for five years before I won the title. The only year that I took off was 2016 because I interned in Washington, D.C. And I couldn't physically be here in Arizona for that summer. I had to be on the other side of the country. But that internship was actually pivotal to me really wanting to get serious about becoming Miss Arizona because the first two times I competed for Miss Arizona I never even made the top 10 Mm -hmm. and the year that I interned in Washington DC was the year that Miss America orientation was in Washington DC which was an incredible coincidence so the then Miss Arizona asked me to help her set up meetings and interviews with our Arizona um, senators and congressmen and women. And because of that, I was able to attend the meetings with Miss Arizona and members, national members of the Miss America board. I got to go to a Miss America orientation meeting that week. I met all of the 51 contestants and th- I think three Miss Americas that day, as well as um, we got to hear from the late Senator John McCain speak, which is an incredibly special memory to look back on now. And that summer was a moment when I was like, okay, I'm serious about this. I want this and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. <laughs> That's awesome. So what was that process like? Like when you're in that mindset, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes. What does that look like? Like practicing, is that like mindset, just changing that? Tell me all about that. Like I want to know, like what did that take for you? I was actually thinking about this last night because when you are in the position of winning a state title like this, people look up to you and they want to know, like, how can I get to where you are? And that's also an incredible part of the influence of being Miss Arizona. But to answer your question, I transformed myself from the inside out, like quite literally. I think before I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't necessarily have direction or mentors that knew how to guide me in the right direction. So when I came back from Washington, D.C., it was my junior year of undergrad, and it took me three times to win a local title that year, and I won the title of Miss Grand Canyon, and I worked with a team that I I don't think at that point I was ready to fully commit to what taking or doing whatever it took, Mm -hmm. but we did what I thought that I knew. And I made the top 10 last year, that year for my first time. So that was good, but I still recognize like, okay, something is missing. And there are girl, and I, and I looked at the girls that had done well and like what directors they had worked with, what their resources were, what their, what their mindset was, what their platforms were. And I said, okay, where am I missing what these girls have and how can I do that? How can I do it better? So I competed for the most competitive 
local that year, um, North Phoenix Glendale, and I placed second runner-up that, that year, so that was a little bit sad. And then the next local I competed in was Paradise Valley, and that was when I learned and did everything that I knew how to do. So I thought when I won Miss Paradise Valley, I had graduated from undergrad, and like preparing for Miss Arizona was my full-time job. So I created my social impact initiative, Lady Leaders, as a blog and an LLC, and I worked out every single day. I completely redid my entire wardrobe. Um, I got hair and makeup lessons. I hired coaches for interviewing and walking and pretty much everything under the sun. I got coaching out from former Miss Arizonas, for a former Miss USA. Um, and anyone that I know that had done well and that I valued their input and their opinion. And last year, um, the year that I was Miss Paradise Valley, I got second runner-up at Miss Arizona. I was a double prelim, pre- preliminary winner, meaning I won the Talent Award and the Swimsuit and Lifestyle Award, which is when we had swimsuit. We no longer <laughs> have the swimsuit portion of competition. And also was one of the top fundraisers. And... I mean, there's always a bigger chance of you losing than winning, so you have to be realistic about that, and you also have to have goals that you're working on outside of competing, because that just helps make you a more well-rounded individual. Mm-hmm. After Miss Arizona last year, a lot of things changed with a Miss America organization from a national level. Mm-hmm. So they took out swimsuit, and they kind of rearranged the scoring and how the judges score you and what they're looking for. and. Also, that was, like, a really hard time in my life. My health was, really, was so bad, um, and we didn't know what was wrong until last fall. My parents were going through a horrendous divorce. I had to move three times. I started a new job at a prestigious law firm in Phoenix, and I was just like, I don't know if I have what it takes to do this one more time with all the adversity that I was experiencing in my personal life and just like on a very daily like feeling unwell every single day on a health level and I decided that it would be worth it to compete for Miss Arizona again and all that work if I could just inspire one more girl with my lady leader message so last November so a little over a a little less than a year from right now I won the North Phoenix title um, which is arguably one of the most competitive and prestigious local titles with the Miss Arizona organization because of their resources and how they know how to prepare girls. And I committed to like fully transforming myself really on the inside out. And I had already done a lot of the work as in like, okay, now I knew how to how to style myself. I knew how to do my hair and makeup. I knew how to walk, but it was like the inside transformation. Yeah. And I, what I realized last year, when I got second runner-up is that I didn't quite have the vision for what I wanted to be as Miss Arizona. Because you have to go into this knowing that it's not about you, and that is that is a job, and there's <laughs> going to be hard days on the job. But at the end of the day, it's about how you can make your community a better place and how you can inspire others with your story. And up until that point last year, I hadn't shared anything personal that I'd been through um, about my parents, about my health, because I never wanted anyone to think that I wasn't capable of the job. Because one of the things that I pride myself on is perseverance and endurance. I mean, I competed for Miss Arizona for almost six years. That's pretty crazy. Most girls are done after the first or second year because of how much it takes, how much it requires of you. But I think that in order to do anything great, it requires a lot of you. 
And in so I won that local title, Miss North Phoenix. And then January, I decided, okay, I want a completely different mindset. I want a brand new start to 2019. And I did this incredible program called the Landmark Forum, which is essentially curriculum to live a life powerfully in a life you love. And I feel like I can never give it enough justice because it's completely transformed my life and my mentality. And it just... It teaches you how to live life powerfully and just like get rid of the mental inhibitors that we put on ourselves and this story that we live in that really limits our potential. And I feel, and my life is not perfect (laughs) since then. People kind of, or people that I talk with on different panels or like younger teenagers that I meet, they see my life on social media and they think one thing. And that's why I think it's important to be vulnerable and share like, hey, no. Reality is not what you see on social media, and my life looked completely different than this a year Mm -hmm. ago. But I think that vulnerability is so powerful in in embracing the things that you've gone through that have happened to you that so that you can inspire others so that they can accomplish their dreams. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, I have so many more questions just (laughs) from that. I'm like, ah, but I don't want to keep you here all night, so I'll I'll try to keep it simple. That's one of those things to me. Like every time people want to give up but it's like that one like if you wouldn't have gone that last round you wouldn't like that was the one you know like it's crazy (laughs) so perseverance can we talk about that for a bit like why I guess how can somebody who maybe doesn't have that drive like how do you get that because people do give up like it happens like kind of give up on their dreams like how do you have any thoughts like any advice for somebody who's feeling like that feeling like they want to give up on their dream yeah Oh, I would highly encourage them not to because I think that breakthrough is always on the other side of resistance or failure. And I remember I got a call or an email that the local director that was that traditionally had been leading the Miss North Phoenix title was no longer going to be a part of helping direct that year. And that was literally days out from competing for Miss North Phoenix. And I had this decision where I was like, okay, I I always thought that this particular woman and this team would be like my magical, like, way that I was finally going to win Miss Arizona. And I think that it's important to realize that it's never about anyone else. Like, we always have that within us. And if you have a dream that you've received, like, resistance towards, it probably means that you're doing something right. Because even in the job of Miss Arizona, it's definitely not all rainbows and sunshine. And we have to be very particular of how we talk about that because it is an incredible opportunity that I'm grateful every single day. But I'm committed to being an authentic, relatable, and empowering Miss Arizona. And I would never want girls to think that this is something than what it is. Mm-hmm. So I would I would tell them to find mentors and people that have gone through hard things and have also accomplished the goal that they're looking for. Because even though it's always like within you. I know that I wouldn't be here today without the mentors and the people that have poured back into me to accomplish this dream. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. I love that. So along with that, being on a stage in front of a lot of people can be scary. I'm sure a lot of people even just like reading like that paper report in their college class, like that's scary. Not let alone like doing your talent, answering questions, like all this stuff. How do you get confidence to do that? Was that something that you always had, like a almost like being able to perform like that in front of people? Or how can somebody attain that? 
That is definitely not something that I always had. So that's actually funny because I'm naturally an introvert and I was so shy when I was younger and had low self-esteem, didn't really have confidence in my abilities, but I was always a piano player. So I did do at least three piano recitals a year ever since I was 10 years old. But that being said, that's very different from competing in a pageant or a competition with this level and I was always scared out of my mind like no matter how much how much preparation I did or like whoever I was performing for in the audience and I could never seem to quite get over that so I think when I first started competing there it was just like naivety like I had no idea what I was getting into and the difference between the local stages and the Miss Arizona State stage are very different within like the technical crew and production the audience is bigger there's more at stake it's like the energy of competition is more intense and so I think for when I was younger and started first started competing, I just kind of didn't really grasp what was happening <laughs> because it can really be overwhelming. It kind of flipped to the other direction where I was I had been doing this and wasn't nervous. And then one year, the year that I was Miss Grand Canyon, I was so nervous and totally messed up my talent and didn't know what I was going to say and everything. And then competing the last two years when I was second runner up and then winning this year, that was part of that mindset mentality. And I did a lot of mental management coaching and I'm a Christian. So I believe that God would never put us in a situation that he would not make us enough for. And I think that regardless of your faith and what you believe, that's the case for everything. And there and, and it's also about how prepared you are. So you want to make sure that when you are ready to go in the stat space of competition, you can just press play and go. And regardless of your nerves or adrenaline, you are so prepared and know who you are and what you want to contribute in this phase of competition, whether it's your interview or your talent or your onstage question, that you're so confident in that that you can just let it go naturally and that takes a lot of practice and discipline and dedication and also I think that the mental management aspect of it is so important so my coach that I worked with who is a sponsor of the Miss Arizona organization her name's Heather Sublin she's based out of Texas phenomenal woman and she had her father was actually an Olympic gold medalist so they have a whole business surrounding mental management and how to get people in the best space that they need to be regardless of their job or their their competition or whatever their field is and we created a phrase for every single phase of competition before I walked out on stage and I don't remember exactly what all of them were because we had them they were they were slightly different for every phase of competition but there was one constant and it was I am capable, I am ready, and I am enough. And I said that before every single phase before I walked out on competition mm-hmm. and whatever it was whether it was talent like I can play this piece and hit play and and it's going to go perfectly or like I can answer any question that is in that Mm fishbowl and it's like growing your self-image and your self-confidence because it definitely I don't think that we start with that and it definitely isn't developed overnight it takes a certain intentionality to develop that Mm -hmm. wow I love that I feel like you could even use that for anything in life like job interview okay I'm going to say that like yes (laughs) no exactly and that's one of the things that I love about the Miss America organization is because the life skills that you learn in this program are so useful and invaluable for the rest of your life. I say that everything minus the literal crown and sash is transferable transferable to real life and to make you a well-rounded, poised, put-together woman. 
Love that. And I mean, like, you can wear a crown around, like, after. Like, that's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, yes, definitely agree. I want to talk about the rejection side. I guess feeling like that, maybe that disappointment. And that's something that everyone will come across, whether that's not getting a job or not getting an opportunity, you thought. How did you handle that? Because, like, seven, six times, I guess. Like, how do you bounce back from that? What's that like? Do you have, like, a secret sauce that you do to help? you bounce back from that so the first couple of years I think again I didn't know what I didn't know and I Mm -hmm. understand and I understood that I was young I was 18 and 19 the first two years that I competed and I typically like to send a girl to Miss America age 22 and up because the job of the state title holder and and Miss America the national title holder is so involved in so much work and they want to make sure that they have someone who's mature and prepared enough to handle that. Um, I remember getting mad (laughs) when I was younger, too, but I think I was more frustrated in the fact that I didn't know where to go, and I I didn't feel like I was getting the right instruction. And I think that in any field, whether it's in pageants or your career, there's going to be politics and there's going to be a game that you have to learn to play and you have to learn to play it better than anyone else. And I knew that a little bit the last two years going into it. And I just decided that I was going to outplay everything that was working against me and just be the best one on that stage, be the most qualified, the most well-spoken and the best one for the job and just give them my, one of my things that I really honed in on this last year as Miss North Phoenix was give them no reason not to pick me, which is a similar strategy that I'm implementing in my prep for Miss America. So I think it's okay to have feelings and kind of take a day, but not more than a week to kind of process through and sort through that because I think that recognizing how you're feeling is important, but you can't ever let your feelings feelings determine what you do next or like guide you in a particular decision that should be more thought out. But I think that it also starts with, okay, this is this just accepting it. Like, okay, this is how it is. This is what happened. And now I'm going to move on. And there were plenty, I feel like there were actually more people that were against me than for me when I won this year because I had gone from barely even making the top 10 to double prelim winner and second runner up within a year difference because I was that committed to wanting to be the ambassador for the state and just further my platform in the community. And I just had this thought of it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because I know what I think and I know my identity and my value and what I have to bring to the table. And I just like kept in that mind space. And you want to surround yourself with people that believe that about you too, because not everyone is going to think oh, Jacqueline's amazing. Like, And even in this job now as Miss Arizona, you know, not everyone's going to think that. But you have to surround yourself with people that do think that. And that also helps grow your self-image and self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Love that. Perfect. Okay, so I, I sent out a questionnaire before the show, and you mentioned that something you like to talk about is the different standard that the Miss America organization slash being Miss Arizona um, that you're held to, like time management, mindset, all these different things that now are, I guess, on like a big, a larger level than they ever were in your life before. Can you talk about that? And I guess that transition on like what exactly you're focusing on now, like what you have to deal with on the day to day, I guess. 
So initially you asked about what it took to win Miss Arizona over the last yeah. six years or like what was the mindset that I kept myself in through the rejection and everything. Mm-hmm. And relating to the standard in the job of Miss Arizona, the standard is incredibly high. And one of the things that I'd, I would love to talk about more is how that is required of you. Because when you win, it's amazing. And you don't know fully what you're getting yourself into because you don't fully know what the job entails until you start working it. And there's this little area of time where it's like slightly overwhelming and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is what I have to do now. This is what is required of me. This is so much. And we are, we don't get very much sleep. We're very, we're very busy with a lot of hard, fast deadlines. And it's incredible because the, the standard of your being is raised like exponentially. And again, things that translate to being successful in everyday life after our year of service is over with. So like knowing how to plan in your time management, like down to a minute, like I can do my makeup now in like less than 20 minutes, hair, get out the door, know exactly where I need to go. And I feel like that's very applicable to real life because you always want to look your best, but you don't, we don't always have the, the luxury of time. And one of the things with the standards that I want to say to local title holders that haven't necessarily placed as well as they want to place or aspire to be Miss Arizona is to think about how they are acting and being in their life now and how that translates to the competition, the job Miss Arizona. Because one of the things that I think is the most important about leadership is your integrity. And you cannot be a different person before you're Miss Arizona than when you are Miss Arizona. And that was one of the strategies that I implemented the last two years when I was competing for Miss Arizona as well. It's like, no, I'm going to act like I already am in the space in the mean of Miss Arizona. And I act like that behind closed doors, in front of people, like I'm the same person throughout and there's no compromising of my character and my integrity. And I think that that holds true to the same standard. If you are late and not put together and unorganized, before you're Miss Arizona, that's not magically going to change when you are Miss Arizona. Yeah. And yes, there is learning on the job after you win because it's very fast paced and there are just things that you have to get accustomed to, but you have to already be being that as a local title holder mm-hmm. and in your personal life before you can get to that next level. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny. I was actually going to ask you about that because I've seen you talk about on your Instagram story about like integrity and the authenticity. Yeah. So that's like exactly it. That's awesome. So why is that so important to you? Like I know you just kind of touched on it, but like just from your past experiences, like why has that become such a big uh, motivating factor for you? So in the landmark form that I did in January of this year, it was life-changing. And the main focuses on the forum are personal responsibility and integrity and how our word is the most important, valuable thing that we have in life. And when we say we're going to do something or we make a promise to someone, we need to follow through on that. Mm-hmm. And especially in a leadership position, I think it's so important to make sure that our character be without question and that we are actually walking the talk because so many people can just talk the talk but it's an entirely different scenario to walk out what you say that you believe and to do the right thing even when it's hard and even when your bosses or directors may not agree with you or see your values as the way that you do and now I only want to surround myself with people that care about their integrity as much as they care for their own life because Mm -hmm. I think that that's really what makes you an incredible individual and I know that when I look up to 
leaders that I follow, I want to make sure that their integrity is without question. And yes, we are perfect. I'm not saying that there isn't room for failure or human weaknesses. There absolutely Mm -hmm. is. But I think that everything matters. And if you want to have a lasting impression in whatever your capacity is, that's at the core of it. Mm -hmm. Love that. So let's talk about lady leaders for a sec now. I'm super excited to hear all about this. So can you tell us what it is for people that don't know and how, like, why that was so important for you to get started? Lady Leaders is my social impact initiative with the Miss America organization, and it's a lifestyle movement that provides tangible resources, tools, and mentors so that women and girls can be successful. And I also host panels of accomplished women from different fields so that they can impart their advice to the next generation. Lady Leaders started because I was not allowed to be student body president at my high school solely because I was a girl. Wow. And this not allowing girls to be in leadership wasn't just implemented on the students, it was implemented all the way up from the teachers to the administrative faculty. So when I was a junior and senior in high school, the highest position I was afforded was secretary. And that was still a cool position because I got to be a part of um, the top leadership team and work with the administrators. But I sat in a boardroom meeting with all men, ages junior high, all the way up to the principal and the top administrative faculty. And I wasn't allowed to contribute to the conversation because aside from the fact that I was a girl, my position as secretary didn't allow me a seat at the table. And in my social impact initiative, I talk about that concept a lot, a seat at the table, because I felt like they were missing an entirely other side of the conversation because there was no women's perspective anywhere during these talks for the entire time I was in high school. Because I wasn't afforded that top leadership position, I started mentoring younger girls in junior high and high school because this was at the end of my high school career, that were feeling the same way that I felt, that they their voice didn't matter, they weren't valued, they were just totally un- overlooked and unimportant because all the resources and the leadership positions and the mentors were afforded to the men. And I didn't want anyone to feel like that because I come from a community that doesn't believe that, that knows that that's not normal, but that is the situation that I had to learn to operate in in high school. Wow. Today, like, what's the best part about Lady Leaders for you right now? The best part is when I get messages from girls, like, thanking me for the work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and telling me that they're skeptical about Miss Arizona or, like, this girl coming in wearing a crown and whatever this lady leader panel was, but that it really made a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And as I've learned to be more authentic and vulnerable and sharing, like, no, my life is not picture perfect like it looks on Instagram. I have personal struggles that I'm going through. And it's also letting them know, like, regardless of what happened to you or where you come yeah. from or your background, your ethnicity, gender, whatever, you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to. And as Miss Arizona, we speak with younger students, so like elementary age. And Lady Leaders also is not just about empowering women. It's about empowering everyone because I never want anyone to feel like I felt before and everyone deserves a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Love that. So, uh, I just, like, we just need to, like, frame what you just said. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording it. <laughs> um, so, along with that, I have to ask, who are your, like, lady leader inspo? Like, who do you look up to? 
I was named after Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. And one of the things I love about her is that she made everyone feel like they're the most important thing in the room, the most important part of her day whenever she spent time with them. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's amazing how things have come full circle because I was at an event this weekend at like 5.30 a.m. in the morning and I was talking with one of the elderly gentlemen that was helping produce the show that I was emceeing and he said that I had he could tell that I had the ability to interact with anyone whether like regardless of their age or their background or what they believed and I was with everyone like they were the most important thing of my part of my day and I was really touched by that because that's what I aspired to be like as Jacqueline Kenny Onassis and that that was the main thing that she was known for. I also love Condoleezza Rice. She is a pianist and attorney, and she was the first female secretary of the United States. And part for part, part of Lady Leaders, I advocate for women to be in any leadership position. And I love it when I have women on the panel that are CEOs or in the C-suites of fields that are typically male-dominated, like the STEM fields, the legal field that I would eventually like to go into after my year of service is still very male-dominated. And I love hearing their perspectives and also them imparting their advice to younger girls. Mm -hmm. Such good inspo. You are very busy. Like even before this, you were telling me like how crazy it's been for the past forever, it seems like. So two questions about that. Time management tips. How do you do it? And then how do you take time to relax too? Because I feel like that's probably super hard because you have so much to do. (laughs) Right. So time management. So one of my greatest strengths, but also greatest weaknesses is that I'm a perfectionist. And I have had to learn over the last six months, even a little bit before I won Miss Arizona, that do- it doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes you just have to get things done. And that's so huge because I think we can get caught up in, oh, I don't have all my ducks in a row, or I don't have this degree, or I don't have like the exact amount of work experience. And women also stereotypically like underestimate their value. It's kind of like a psychological difference between men and women that I'm trying to combat with lady leaders. But I know that, I- that I've had to combat that by myself. And it's been a lot of just like denying self too. So currently I haven't checked most of my Instagram DMs in like seven days because (laughs) I'm trying to balance between being present with what's happening and experiencing everything that's going on and Mm -hmm. just really connecting with the people at the events because that's the best part of this job is the incredible people like you that I get to meet being Miss Arizona. And then the other part is like, okay, wait, I still need to balance my duties of social media being part of my job. Um, But those two main concepts of not worrying about having all your ducks in a row and, like, just doing it Mm -hmm. has been the biggest thing. Um, For relaxing, (laughs) that kind of plays into the (laughs) self-denial thing or, like, (laughs) there isn't a ton of time to relax but it is important. So for example, this last weekend, I was super tired, just came back from Miss America orientation where we routinely had 20 18 hour days. But one of my favorite traditions is to go to the fair with one of my girlfriends who um, was a teen when we were younger. She's now a freshman in college. But I was so tired and we went to the fair anyway because I don't want to miss out on anything this year. So typically the first thing that goes is sleep. Um, But I also have to literally block out time in my schedule. And I think that part of time management is sticking to a schedule. 
A huge part of me miss Arizona is being adaptable and going with the flow. But there are days when, like, I work out at 7 a.m. and then I work on my computer from 9 to 10 a.m. Then I practice a PL from 10 to 11. Lunchtime is typically reserved for meetings or more um, computer work. And then the, the afternoon can be visiting sponsors or traveling and more computer work or events. So I try to stick to a schedule as much as, much as possible and, like, mm-hmm. time batch. And if something doesn't get done in that particular amount of time that's on a deadline for like that day or the next day like it's okay it's Mm -hmm. not the end of the world (laughs) (laughs) love that I feel like we could all use a little more help with time management I feel like that's one of those things I'm always like oh like what's your advice what's your advice like so those are some great tips I think the whole like perfectionist thing really holds a lot of us back oh yes (laughs) and I think that we're all our own biggest critics and like if we can get out of this mindset of oh it has to be perfect or if I only looked like this or posted this on Instagram then whatever just like no like I'm valued I'm powerful what I have to say when I have to do matters and I'm going to go after it what's one thing you wish you knew before starting on this whole journey of being Miss Arizona I wish that I had known that particular phrase about your dream job isn't necessarily going to look like and feel like what you think it's going to, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't matter because it is what you make it. And I'm glad that I know that now and I want to share that with the girls that I mentor. So with Lady Leaders, I've been mentoring one to three girls for the last eight years. And I have mentors that I'm so proud of that are in private universities all around the country. One girl recently got accepted into a White House internship. Another friend is competing for her Miss USA state title. And there are also incredible other things that are going on. Those are the first two that came to mind. But my goal is to make sure that they are more successful than Mm -hmm. even I am and that I share all of the resources and wisdom and mentors with them so that they can be successful. Because at its core, Lady Leader is about empowering and I want to make sure that I I always leave people better than what I found them. Love that. So last question before we dive into our rapid fire round. Okay. (laughs) What does being Miss Arizona mean to you? As someone that competed for six years, I am, am incredibly grateful every single day that this happened. And I love every single part of the job, even the hard days, even being sleep deprived and One of the best things about this job is that your influence kind of lasts forever. There are former Miss Arizonas that I talk to on a weekly basis, and their contribution to the community and being the state title holder has long outlasted the last 10 years of their reign. And I love that I get to be a part of that, part of that sisterhood and this title that so many girls want to be a part of and I want to make sure that I always express how grateful I am and yeah (laughs) (laughs) love that okay so we're gonna head into rapid fire I still need to figure out a better name for this because rapid fire sounds scary and it's not (laughs) so I'm gonna do like a this or that question or fill in the blank and just like as quick as you can and you can elaborate too on it like it's not like that quick like feel free if you want to add some more detail so morning person or night owl Okay, I really have to say both because I would rather stay up super late to work on a project and get it done than work up early in the morning. Um, but I also love, love, love early morning. So I don't know. Is both a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and my day is not complete without. Coffee or caffeine. <laughs> 
I am for sure packing blank in my suitcase for Miss America. Oh my gosh, I don't know because I'm thinking like through all the essentials, like I'm for sure packing. Well, I'm for sure packing lots of sweaters because it's in Connecticut in December. Oh my goodness, yes. And lots of lots of boots. Awesome. The best advice I ever got. You are not a product of what happened to you and anything that you want is available for your life. Love and favorite quote, which probably maybe could be the same. Is that the same thing? Probably or no. I think my favorite quote is a coach is someone that tells you what you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it so that you can become the person that you always knew you could be. Ooh, that is amazing. I love that. I I didn't make that up. It is by someone. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but I wrote that down in my Miss America PR questions because I think that's so true because mentors aren't people that make a difference in your life if they just tell you that you're doing good on your good days. They're the people that take you aside and are like, hey, Jacqueline, you really should consider this, or maybe that wasn't the best decision, and let's kind of go in this direction with strategy Mm -hmm. because they believe in your full potential and you want to surround yourself with people that give it to you real love favorite book resource podcast that's had an impact on you that you'd want to share with someone when I was a freshman in college I was introduced to the book lean in by Sheryl Sandsberg which actually became a huge catalyst for me developing lady leaders into these panels and a website and all these other things and I would encourage every girl to read that um probably freshman year of college and up. Ooh, love. And I'm inspired by? I'm inspired by the women in history that were not well-behaved. One of my favorite quotes also is, well-behaved women seldom make history. And I think that's so true because you have to think for yourself and think outside of the box. And you have to be okay with ruffling feathers and not getting your validation from your bosses or the people that you're working for, even when you see a vision that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then last question, because you guys can't see her outfit, but it's so cute. (laughs) Where is like your best place to get like professional clothes that are cute? So a part of my being Miss Arizona being authentic, relatable, empowering is that I'm not using any luxury brands this year and express Zara and H&M are my go-tos. I love trendy business casual, and I love that's that that's a direction that Miss America 2.0 is going in. They really want Miss America to be like a businesswoman and a boss lady. So I'm like so on board for that. But I do want to do a quick plug because I am starting a like to know it account Ooh, that I can yes. share these clothes because I want to show other girls like you can look fabulous on a budget. <laughs> yes, I love that. I feel like that's one of the common questions I get. It's like, oh, like where can you find business clothes that are right. actually cute? Like not, yeah. Not like boxy or yeah. unfeminine. Exactly. exactly. Yes, love that. Amazing. I'll, I'll definitely follow you on like to know it. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> um, and then last thing, where can we all keep up with you? Like what are your handles? So my blog is currently being redone, but it is ladyleadersempower.com. So be on the lookout for that and my personal instagram is jacqueline with two e's underscore thomas and my all my official miss arizona accounts on twitter instagram and facebook are miss america az amazing thanks so much thank you 
I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Jacqueline. Please make sure to tune into Miss Arizona on December 19th on NBC to cheer her on. If you found value in this episode, make sure to send a link to someone who needs to hear her message. And don't forget to leave a five-star review in whichever platform you're listening on. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week.